The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Lord Christ. Jesus came down with the 12 apostles and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. I know that some of you have watched the film series on the life of Jesus called The Chosen. Now, whenever a film has been made on the life of Jesus, the writers of the screenplay must necessarily make some interpretations of the gospel stories. One of the interpretations in The Chosen that I found fascinating is that Jesus is shown spending a lot of time in sermon preparation and rehearsal before he gives his Sermon on the Mount as recorded in Matthew's Gospel. I can certainly identify with the need for much preparation before a sermon, so I commend The Chosen's screenwriters. But in today's gospel reading, we have the beginning of Luke's version of Jesus' sermon, which we rarely ever hear. In Luke's gospel, the sermon is not given on the mount. It is given after Jesus has come down from the mount and is standing on a level place. Therefore, in Luke, it's called the Sermon on the Plain. Now, if Jesus wasn't giving his sermon from the top of the mountain, what was he doing on top of the mountain? He was praying. A few verses before today's gospel reading, Luke tells us, Jesus went up a mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer before God. That, according to Luke's story, is Jesus' sermon preparation. In fact, Luke's gospel has been called the gospel of prayer. Since Jesus is seen praying in Luke's gospel more often than in all the other three gospels combined. And when one spends a whole night steeped in prayer in the presence of God like Jesus does, something happens. 
like an Easter egg steeped in a bowl of dye, taking into itself the color of that dye. So it is when someone is steeped all night in prayer before the presence of God. The prayer takes on the hue of God, the spirit of God, and sees the world more and more through God-colored lenses. The prayer's ego self and worldly values and perspective diminish. And their consciousness, values, and mindset become more and more like the consciousness, values, and mindset of God. Over and over again in Luke's gospel, Jesus takes the time to pray, to soak himself in God's presence, where he is renewed in God's consciousness, values, and mindset. And if Jesus needed to be regularly renewed through prayer in God's consciousness, values, and mindset, how much more to you and I? A few Sundays ago, we read in our gospel about Jesus' rejection in his hometown of Nazareth, where Jesus said, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. Jesus seeing himself in the role of a prophet. Indeed, Luke sees the role of prophet as Jesus' primary role. And what is a prophet's function? to speak truth to God's people when they are not living in sync with God, not living out God's vision for human life. We can clearly see Jesus playing the role of prophet in today's gospel passage. John Shea writes, the consciousness reflected in the blessings and woes of today's gospel is very much in the prophetic tradition. Although Jesus is more than a prophet, he shares the unyielding prophetic sensitivity to the discrepancy between God's vision for human life and the way humans are actually living. It is this discrepancy that drives the blessings and woes in today's gospel. And my friends, if we are honest with ourselves, I think we can clearly see that same discrepancy in our world today. We can see that the present world and its values is out of sync with God and God's values. What is it that our present world values? I think we can fairly say that we value power and control over weakness and vulnerability. We value winning over losing, being first rather than second. The Olympics and Super Bowl are prime examples of our tendency to value winning. We value being right and proving other people wrong. The present arguments over wearing masks are prime examples. We admire people who have been successful financially and professionally. Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jeff Bezos are constantly in the news. 
And we tend to look down on those who have to scrape to get by or must rely on public assistance. And yet, here is Jesus saying, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. That's all the consolation they have. But my friends, I think the issue for Jesus is not money per se. It is rather that when one has wealth, and we are all wealthy compared to the vast majority of the world's population, it can so easily draw one's attention and values away from the kingdom of God and toward the values of this world. In his first letter to Timothy, St. Paul writes, as for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life, unquote. So that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Not the false life of wealth and control and winning over others, which our society holds up as its goals, all of which are fleeting and transitory, capable of being blown away by the next tornado, flooded out by the next hurricane, burned away by the next forest fire, ravaged and brought to a standstill by the next pandemic. The life that really is life is lived within the mindset and consciousness of Christ lived in union with God in the kingdom of God, which is eternal and yet is already manifest on earth to those who would enter it. You have often heard me quote what I consider to be one of the most important passages of the whole Bible, wherein St. Paul writes, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness. This is the mind of Christ, the consciousness of Christ, emptying ourselves of our egos, our false selves, our inordinate attachments to the kingdom of this world and its things and values, so that we might be filled with the mind and consciousness of Christ, filled with that life that is really life. Emptying and being filled, emptying and being filled. That is the rhythm of our lives. 
praying on the mountaintop, Jesus was emptying himself of the world's distorted values that surround us all and cannot help but cling to us and permeate us as we go through our daily lives. He was emptying himself of all the world's stuff that had accumulated in his mind and consciousness during several hard days of healing and confronting the criticisms of the scribes and Pharisees. On the mountaintop, Jesus was letting it all go and was opening himself to be filled once again with the spirit, the love, the divine life of God. And that is the pattern, the rhythm of life that Jesus lived and that he models for you and me. Emptying ourselves, letting go of our egos, our false selves, the idols of money, esteem, approval, control, security, being right. And then, after emptying ourselves, opening ourselves to being filled with God. God's power, God's love and compassion and forgiveness. My friends, let me suggest that perhaps what Jesus is doing in today's gospel is not so much dividing the world into two groups of people, those who are lacking and suffering being the good guys and those who are well off and comfortable being the bad guys, Rather, he's saying that the life that is really life is not defined by any of these worldly conditions, these polarities, wealth or poverty, hunger or fullness, sorrow or laughter, exclusion or acceptance. Each of these worldly conditions can come and go, and they are not always within our control and we all live within one or the other at one time or another in our lives. St. Paul said it well when he wrote to the Philippians, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress." Unquote. It is kind of the well-off to share the distress of those who are not well-off because on the level of the life that is really life, there is no difference between us. Rich or poor, hungry or satisfied, accepted or excluded, all of us are brothers and sisters, one of another. All of us children of one God, called by Christ to love one another as he loves us.